Blog Talk Radio. Choices, decisions, frustrations, and pain. Knowing I'm going to forget her someday. While I still can, I'll challenge all my loved ones, every friend, to look inside their hearts and understand that I. Well, hello and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and founder of the Alzheimer's Speaks platforms. Before we get started with our great show today, I always uh, know that we get new listeners, so I just want to explain what we're about. Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care uh, from crisis to comfort around the world. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing sharing knowledge, and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we can remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those live purposeful lives with the disease. Together, we can have um, an understanding of what it truly is like to be dealing with this disease. It's so important for us to to remove the fear and to remove the isolation that those uh, those in the trenches are feeling. So collaboratively, we know that we're making a difference. Um, you guys have done a wonderful job at helping us spread the word by your clicks and your likes. Um, and sharing these episodes along with the Alzheimer Speaks website and blog and our YouTube YouTube channels. Um, so I want to thank each and every one of you. Every time you share, you're opening the door to people in your own circles. And so many times there are people that are dealing with Alzheimer's disease or memory loss or some form of dementia um, or caregiving that we just don't even know about because the conversations aren't being had and when you allow people to find information that they can use when the time is right for them they'll go ahead and tap into it so I thank you for that um, because we were recognized by ShareCare and Dr. Oz is the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's disease and that's just a, a huge huge honor and we don't take that lightly. So again, we want to thank each and every one of you for participating because that wouldn't be possible without without all of you. For today's show, like any other show, if you're listening uh, by your computer, you can talk with us via the chat box or you can call in live at 714-364-4757. Again, that is 714-364-4757. And um, we can uh, 
we'll pull you into the conversation as we proceed here. We invite uh, everyone to be part of this conversation. If you're diagnosed and living with the disease, if you're a personal friend or family member caring for someone or a professional, or maybe you're just somebody who is interested in learning more or has knowledge in a specific area, um, please speak out. That's what Alzheimer's Speaks is really about. It's about sharing the knowledge. I also want to just give some shout-outs to some of my um, favorite organizations here. The Alzheimer's Disease International Group is absolutely a fantastic group that um, is the association of all associations around the world and it's a it's a great place to go to for resources um, and to find who's closest in your particular area the Alzheimer's studies group is working on a tau clinical trial right now and they are looking for people to participate in that so you can go to the Alzheimer's studies.com to get more information on that tau trial it's in their third trial so they're working their way up and having great success with that. Uh, the Lewy Body uh, Dementia Association, or, or you can go to lbda.org, can really help you out. That uh, type of dementia has you know, some of its own individual symptoms, and uh, they just have some great resources there. Same with the frontal uh, temporal lobe dementia. There's an organization called the Association for Frontal Temporal Degeneration, and they've made it real easy. Their URL is theaftd.org. There's also the aphasia organization out there um, that when people are having uh, difficulty talking, that's a great one to go to. And then, of course, I'd be amiss if I didn't mention Norms McNamara and the Purple Angel Project. I am uh, lucky enough to be picked as one of the worldwide ambassadors for that uh, new global symbol for dementia, um, starting up dementia-friendly businesses and communities. So um, I want to go ahead and... uh, just introduce my co-host here today, who has just been a joy to have uh, on the show with me all month. Sherry Snelling is the CEO and founder of the Caregiver Club, and she's also the author of a great book called A Cast of Caregivers, Celebrity Stories to Help You Prepare to Care. She is a nationally recognized expert on the um, 65 million family caregivers um, with an emphasis on, you know, how do you find that balance when you're caring for a loved one? She writes articles for the Huffington Post and Forbes and USA Today. Very, very well-known author and writer. She was also picked as... um, one of my top ten cohorts with the uh, share care um, recognition of being top ten, and so Sherry, welcome today. We're thrilled to have you. Oh, Lori, thanks again for having me on all this month. It's so great to celebrate National Family Caregiver Month and also National Alzheimer's Awareness Month with you. It really, it really is. I'm, I'm excited about this show today um, because, you know, with the holidays upon us, it's just a great time for people to learn about high tech and high touch 
things that they can do for people with dementia and also those caring for them. So I think our lineup today is is just a fantastic one. And I'm wondering if you want to um, go ahead and introduce our first guest uh, to our audience. No, I'd be delighted. In fact, I'm excited by today's lineup as well. And our first guest, uh, Ruth Curran, is not just a colleague but also a friend. And I'm excited to have her tell you about all of the things that she's doing with Cranium Crunches, which is a site um, that she started, which she's going to tell us more about. But let me tell you a little bit about Ruth. You know, she has a a passion um, in an, an, an area of intense study and exploration between the connection that we have between the brain and daily functioning. And she's particularly taken an interest in looking at the connection um, as a result of aging and stress and disease and injury. And, in fact, I was, um, you know, so honored to work with Ruth on one of her recent apps that she's going to tell us about, which is called Relax, which is a great um, example of how caregivers can get a little break and take care of themselves, something we all know needs to be done. Um, but Ruth, you know, she uses um, – photo-based series of thinking games and apps that incorporate short exercises that promote stress as a path to better thinking and functioning. And there's a, you know, she has a wide variety of games and exercises on her site, and it inspires players to, you know, use their imagination, use strategies and focus while building those neural pathways that reduce stress. Um, and, you know, Ruth comes to us from a background in nonprofit health clinics and home care. And, um, you know, she really has a broad understanding of these issues, having seen it first firsthand throughout her career and also personally. And I think she'll tell us a little bit about the story behind Cranium Crunches. So, Ruth, it's it's so great to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that great introduction, too, Sherry. I'm honest. <laughs> Of course. Well, let's start off, Ruth, by having you tell us, tell us the story behind Cranium Crunches and what Cranium Crunches is and what you do. Cranium Crunches is a way um, for people to work on their uh, work on specific areas of functioning and to work with other people. I started this. It's kind of a, a long, convoluted story, but I'll give you the short version. Um, I was working with my dad who had Parkinsonian dementia. I, and he did not have any, there weren't any exercises. And I thought, well, I, you know, surely I can help him. There weren't any exercises that I could find that weren't paper and pencil and he could, because he shook um, and that he could pay attention to long enough. So the only thing that really resonated with him was this Life magazine Find the Difference puzzle. And we sat and we looked at the pictures and we talked about the pictures. Um, he found some of the differences, but mostly it was that connection that I, when I was sitting there with him, had. So I started to build on that. Um, and I told my son, who was at that time, I believe, 21 or 22, about the idea. And he said, Mom, we have to go to the bar. So he took me to the bar and we went to, we looked at this game um, called Photo Hunt. And that's where all of the Find the Difference puzzles started. It was this competitive game um, that was all high-tech. So I started developing from there. All of the games are interactive, so caregivers can sit with the person that they're helping and make that connection and tell stories to each other, too. So 
it's a little bit of a little bit of the background behind where Cranium Crunch has started. Wow, that that's a really interesting story, actually, in terms of and you know, yeah. and I find it I find it always interesting how these things come into play, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's it you know every business is created because there's a need in trying to get creative, mm-hmm. and I just so appreciate um, people like yourself who take the time to make a difference. Um, and, and really improve lives. Why? Why is it important for you um, to help um, not only you know those that are struggling, but those that are caring for people um, learn to relax and and be able to exercise their brain as well? Yeah, there's a couple of there are a couple of things behind that. Um, first of all, Sherry does a, a marvelous job of talking about the sandwich generation the um, generation of people who are caring for, sometimes still caring for kids at home while caring for parents who are aging. And that distress and strain that is put on, especially that generation, is unbelievable. Your brain releases cortisol, which, you know, makes everything misfire. If we can take that cortisol level down, if we can take that down just a little bit, be able to take a short breath, now, that's easy to say, but in practice, caregivers are probably the busiest people that you'll ever meet. You don't, you're on call all the time. Um, you don't have those minutes to take. So what I tried to do um, with Relax, with Sherry's help, is break down exercises into small bites and make effective pieces in two to three minutes. The longest exercise on the app is seven and a half minutes, and that's a a long guided relaxation. So in less than 10 minutes, most of them are less than three minutes, you can take that breath, take a step back, and renew a little bit of yourself. Caregiver burnout's unbelievable, and when you're a family caregiver, you can't afford to burn out. In the the paid world, in the um, home care world, there's a difference. You can walk away, there's respite. Um, family caregivers don't always have that luxury, so anything we can do to support that effort to just take a step back, take care of yourself for a moment, and renew and rejuvenate just a little bit. And Ruth, I was, you know, again, I was so excited to to help promote Relax, which is the app that you came out with, and we did that special day around National right. Relax. In August, but you know, I know it's hard, and I want to tell our listeners it's really difficult on, you know, radio to really explain how beautiful and and elegant this app is that Ruth has created. Can you kind of walk us through, you know, some of the imagery is so gorgeous, and tell us some oh. of the exercises that are in this this smartphone app? Yeah, um, I'd be happy to. The the very first section and the one that um, the one that that I think really does the most benefit for people is the guided relaxation exercises. So you enter the guided relaxation exercises and you pick a different journey. There's um, one where you focus on breathing, and that's about four minutes long. If you pick that, um, I walk you through a whole relax your body, focus on your breath, um, all of those things. And while you're doing that, um, you have the option of choosing imagery. And we've got photos of water and sunsets and flowers, and you can pick those kind of things. So it's a little bit customizable. 
Um, there are also journeys to a forest, a journey to your own special place. So you, it's that taking those moments and giving yourself an image to hang on to during the day. That's what we try to do anyway. Um, the next section are short yoga pieces. Those are all less than three minutes long. Um, they're a series of short yoga exercises. There's an animation on the screen. And this little green animated figure, um, which looks like nothing in particular, leads you through a, a short exercise that is focused on getting blood to flow to your head and to bring your energy up and to be able to, again, take that deep breath, breathe a little bit more easily. And I think there are, I think there are the last update had nine exercises, nine yoga exercises. The new one that I'm not sure you've seen yet, Sherry, was inspired by um, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. And these are all research-based exercises, short versions of what um, Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation promotes. But these are short bites set up for people who don't have a whole lot of time. And these are, uh, again, with the same animation, and you bring blood to your brain. You bring um, energy up from your spine to your brain all in short little bites. We also have a journaling section where you can identify how things made you feel as you were working through them. So I think it takes a full circle. Another new section that we added is a caregiver resource section. And in that, there's um, a little bit of an introduction to a, a falls prevention program. There's um, links to research like the Pew, Chari the Pew Internet Research Organization, um, to, links to their research about the particular things that caregivers face, you know, the particular issues that caregivers face that have to do with stress and why it's so important to reduce that stress. So that kind of brings it full circle. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you think it's a beautiful app because that's one of the things I really wanted to focus on is, um, you know, yes, the function is there, but in order to relax, you've got to set that mood and you have to feel like, feel welcome, feel like it's an inviting exercise. And that's a tough thing to do on a smartphone or an iPad. <laughs> yeah, on a small screen. Well, you... you pick such gorgeous imagery and you're right it, it just kind of it has you melt into this you know this kind of other other place that you can go in your your mind to kind of relax you know it's interesting you mentioned pew research i wanted to let our listeners know that in just two years from now 30 percent of smartphone users will have downloaded a wellness app onto their mm -hmm. phone so you're ahead of the curve ruth with your relaxed app yeah. for care <laughs> well, in the you know the other thing that I thought was really interesting in the latest piece of research that they put out is they did a comparison with caregivers and non-caregivers and the use of technology. Um, and caregivers, I believe the statistic was seventy percent of all caregivers got their health information. Seventy-two percent got all of their a, a good chunk of their health information online. So this myth that, you know, um, the baby boomer generation and beyond is low tech and why are you focusing on those kind of things, it really is a myth. 72% of the of caregivers, family caregivers, got their information, health information online. 
in attack form, and only 50% of the non-caregivers gathered health information online. And I thought that was really, you know, um, important to focus on, yes, an app and technology is really a good way to get to caregivers and to give them, deliver a meaningful product. Absolutely. Well, it's a it's a, a wonderful, wonderful idea, and it, we know high tech's not going away. But what's so nice, I think, with your products is, even though they're high tech, they're high touch, because yeah. they're they're touching our soul. It's not this fast paced craziness. It's really about <laughs> helping you find the calm and going, you know, going at um, a, a conducive pace. Um, to, to you know, help you find that inner peace. And so, even though it's using technology, um, it it really is about finding that peacefulness, which I think is what high touch typically gives us: is that sense yeah. of peace, that connectiveness. And uh, you know, to me, that's a huge um, differentiation. Piece. And it's, you know, and it's something that I would imagine can be done alone or like in a group meditation, too. So if somebody, let's say, who has dementia and their care partner want to do something together, um, they could easily do a meditation type uh, type relaxation um, at, as a group function versus just always, I think sometimes people think you just have to do it individually, and that's that's not the case. I mean, I go to a lot of you know, group meditations myself. Yeah. And the other part of that is, um, you know, when you're focusing on yourself and you're focusing on promoting your own health and well-being and your brain health, which is um, one of my main focuses, being social, you know, and interacting with other people is an important part of that. And sometimes that interaction is face-to-face. Sometimes that interaction is really online in groups and forums, and, you know, as a caregiver, you can feel isolated. You can feel like you're cut off from the world. You're dealing with someone who doesn't have a really, um, especially with people with advanced Alzheimer's, may not have a grip on our form of reality, Um, and you don't have the time to go to a support group. Sometimes that connection online, that social connection online is where you get sanity and you get that little bit of, what did you call it? Touch. Mm-hmm. Is that what you called it? High touch. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. I love that. That's great. So it's that social element as well. So that's a great point. Yeah. Well, well, it's, I, oh, oh no, I was oh. going to say I love the fact too that that you've created the smartphone app because for me I have it obviously on my phone, and it's you know even if you're not doing it all the time, you know you're looking at your phone a lot during the day for a variety of reasons. You see that app on there, it's just a reminder, oh, yeah, you know what, yeah. I need to find some time for me today right. or late right. or whatever. I like that reminder that the app right. will give us. Right. Yeah, it's just that reminder to take care of yourself, the reminder to take that deep breath to focus on, um, you know, bringing your stress down because we're more effective people, we're more effective caregivers, we're more effective helpers. We're more effective at everything when we just take it down just a little bit, every now and then. Yep, bring it down a notch. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 other, 
the other thing that's nice is once it's on your phone, then you have access to your calendar. So you can actually, you know, just set an ongoing reminder, you know, on your calendar that, you know, maybe it's every morning before you get out of bed. You know, you're just yeah. going to do a meditation or before you go to sleep or maybe it's going to be midday. Um, I, when I was in real estate, I, I, I would be going at such a fast pace. And that was a that was an industry that really struggled sometimes between the high high touch high tech thing you know when all the computers came out that everyone was just gonna um, throw computers in front of everybody's face and never really meet in person it was kind of an interesting process but you know you'd get I would get so busy and I would just shut my office door I'd light a candle and I'd just take twenty minutes and I'd just yeah. meditate and yeah. that, that really. Um, centered me and I, you know I could feel so exhausted and so overwhelmed and I it would just totally rejuvenate me just totally set me it's like look out world I'm ready to go again you know <laughs> and it's kind and of you're amazing. better and stronger right yep well exactly when I talk when I talk to a lot of groups you know the, the thing that's so <clears throat> insidious if, if you will about stress is it is invisible very often. You know, we don't even realize how we're stressed inside of our bodies. And when I talk to groups, one of the questions I always ask as I'm speaking is I said, let me ask you, is anyone right now have their tongue pressed against the roof of their mouth? And inevitably, at least 50% of the audience will shyly raise their hands. And that is one right. of those invisible signs that we're holding stress inside that we don't even know that we're doing it. And so it's really something we have to pay attention to in our bodies, I think. I, I think we might have – oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You're fine. I was going to say, I think we might have somebody on the line with a question, so I'm just going to check here. Um, but we've got somebody from a 203 number on the line. Did you have a question or comment? If you had a question, no, it's Gary or Kay, and I'm sort of well, I'm sort of waiting my my turn to talk about oh. technology. Okay, Gary, I had you down for it with a different phone number, so I'm going to go ahead and put you back on hold then again, and we'll pull you in a little bit, okay? All Thanks, right. Gary. Okay, my mistake there. Um, so uh, go ahead. You were, you had a comment, um, I, I believe, Ruth, that you wanted to make? Um, yes, I, but I, I kind of lost it. We, we were talking about, oh, um, we were talking the, about the stress, yeah, stress. the stress in your body, yeah. That what happens, and I think the thing that we're most not aware of, you know, the the, the silent thing that Sherry's talking about, is the long term damage that releasing chemicals in your brain that are a stress reaction can do. So it's not just, um, you know, you're always in that heightened fight or flight. You're always on call, always on guard. I'm looking for safety, you know, looking out for your own safety, someone else's safety. The physical demands of caregiving also are um, a factor. So you put roll all those things in a big bundle, and yes, it's a, a silent, um, a silent attack on your health that you just mm-hmm. don't see, you don't feel. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I often tell, you know, people, again, that I speak to and caregivers that I encounter, you know, if you took your your hand and you just 
squeezed your hand as hard as you could all day long, my goodness, at the end of the day, your fingers would fall off. Yeah. That constant stress and strain. Well, that's what's happening inside your body when you're not giving yourself that time to relax and just let it flow out, you know, and, and it's hard. It's hard. But when you start to think of it that way, people go, oh, I get it. I get it. Now mm-hmm. I see what's happening. Right, right. You know, and they, um, we also talk about um, things that happen to your, you know, breakdown in organs um, as a result of flooding chemicals. You know, it's just a, it's crazy to think about the amount of damage that stress can do to your body and that, and how simple things, you don't need a lot of time, simple things just to take it down a notch, just to take that deep breath. Well, and you know, for me, what I what I actually do is when I take my deep breaths, I I also say something either out loud or to myself, depending on where I am. But I will when I, when I exhale, I will ask to release everything in my body that I no longer need. Mm-hmm. And when right. I breathe in, I ask for all the gifts I need to go on and, and be the best possible person I can. And so, you know, I'm asking for what I need and I'm I'm releasing what I don't um, need to hold on to anymore because so many of us hold on to so much junk. You know, we worry about so much stuff that we can't control. Um, And I don't know where that falsehood came that we can control the universe, (laughs) you know. But we, we, we put that on ourselves. And, you know, it's such a gift when you can let it go. When you can let it go, and then to oxen, uh, you know oxygenize your body, um, it just makes such a huge, huge difference too. Because I, I don't think most people realize how shallow that they breathe. You know, and right. and that, that's something we all do, and we all have to do. So why not learn to do it better? You know, just by breathing or or holding in that breath a little bit longer you know if it's while you're you know driving in a car or while you're meditating or you know whatever it is um it's it's something simple it doesn't cost any money it just takes a consciousness um to want to want to make a change just like getting in the routines of of doing the brain exercises or the meditations um right it's a conscious effort. It's that mind shift that this is important, um, not only to yourself but to others as well. With yeah, especially- you know, yeah, Ruth. I was going to say we're coming up kind of towards the end of our segment, and I just we've been focusing a lot on the Relax app and you know talking about that. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to also just give us a quick overview of some of the other. Um, types of, of games and exercises that you offer through Cranium Crunches because you've got so many different things for people to look yeah. at. So, Cranium Crunches is um, a, a free website and it's all photo based. So the concept is is that you know people will enjoy the photos. Every photo that we pick, we hope that it makes you feel something. You know, it's people living their lives. You look at the the picture and. It could be something that could happen to me, you know, and most times it is. So it's a, it's a great way to um, to connect with people when you're doing them with someone else. We have Find the Difference games. We have 
um, games where there are nine pictures and one is different, and we call that one, one of these things is not like the other. We've got ones where um, there are some of those uh, high-stress ones like Match, and it, we we're coming out with the app for Match this week, actually, um, where you work on processing speed, those important things, um, reacting quickly. So you can learn in the context of your life in photo-based games. Um, we've got memory games where you turn the cards over, kind of like concentration, those kind of things as well. We're coming out with a couple new apps in the next week or so as well. So that's all um, all working. We also, we've got a, a blog associated with the um, with the, the website and where we talk about how to wrap things into your own life. You know, how do you wrap brain health, make an everyday activity a brain healthy activity? You know, things right. like what, what I really love about so many of the the, uh, the games and the puzzles and the the different things that you've you've created are that those are really things caregivers can do with their loved ones, particularly right. if your loved ones have dementia. So it's a, it's a great way to interact, and it's I, I think it's really important because often, you know, Lori and I talk about when your loved one is diagnosed with dementia, you just feel like you can't do things with them anymore, and this no. is an opportunity to kind of bring that that fun, if you will, back into both of your lives. Right, and, and one um, quick thing, I had a I met a um, a pair of sisters at the AARP convention. And they were looking at a memory match. You know, they were looking at memory match games. That's the one that's like concentration where you turn the cards over. So I made them. They were so afraid that their dad was going to forget their faces. So I made them a memory match game that had photos of their faces and of their children's faces so that at least they knew that their dad was seeing their face. And that if he didn't know who it was, at least he saw their face. And that was so important to them. So that was a really cool kind of thing that we did. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Now, is that something that you can customize for most people? or? Yes, yeah, you can. You can customize. Um, yes, you can. Uh, on the site, you can customize a, a memory match album. There's a, a button you can click to, to order a custom memory match album. Okay. You know, so that's cool. a, a great little present for somebody. You know, it's uh, you know it's only two dollars ninety nine cents, and you've got this customized game that's all yours with your photos in it. So that's a a good thing. We're also coming out with the Memory Match app, which will allow you to take photos with your phone or take photos from your phone and customize your game as you go. And have oh, very custom cool. memory matching. Yeah, it's not quite ready, but it's pretty close. Wow, great, that's great. That's idea. really good. Yeah, that's uh, a great, great can, idea. Can yeah, you give yeah. our audience um, your URL and how they would contact you then? And of course, um, the website is www.craniumcrunches.com. And on craniumcrunches.com, there is a link to our apps, uh, which will take you to the Apple Pages or the um, Google Play Store. Um, it's also available on Kindle and Nook. Um, and on there, you can get you can order a custom memory match album. 
Um, I wanted to mention real briefly that 10% of all the proceeds for, on Relax, on the Relax app, does go to the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation because they were such a key part in helping me develop the, um, what we call the brain booster section on the app. So we're giving 10% of all of those proceeds to them, which is I really like because I love them. Um, but it's craniumcrunches.com. Well, they're an amazing organization doing just some phenomenal things. And for people who um, aren't familiar with them, I would recommend that you go to their site. Um, it's just uh, alzheimersprevention.org. And mm-hmm. they have some uh, some great uh, tools there. They've got a, a really fun um, 12-minute yoga meditation. Um, I was just on a webinar with them too, and you can you can uh, you know donate to them, and they have lots of neat events. So um, definitely check out the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, and I and I I give kudos to you for supporting them, Ruth. It's uh, and and working together with them. It's a uh, it's a nice partnership that you've got going there. So, oh, it, it, that's it's, right. it's the right people. Yes, the right people doing the right work. You know, they're doing mm-hmm. great work, and they're they've got their thumb on the pulse of um, what's going to help us make that next breakthrough. So, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thrilled to be associated with them. That's great. Well, we'd love to have you back another time on the show. You have uh, so many uh, great things going on, and you'll have to definitely keep us posted when your new apps go live. And um, if you want... Yeah, if you want to, um, you know, send me some kind of, like, press release or something, I'd be more than glad to push it out on the blog. And we want to make sure that you're in our resource directory as well so people can can find you. Um, Again, these are absolutely fantastic ideas um, for uh, for gift ideas, you know, with the holidays coming up here. Um, Harry has a question. He says, do you let your mind wander like daydreaming or more controlled um, when walking through a forest and observing the sights and sounds, you know, when you're doing, you know, one of your relaxation um, Yes, form. you can let your you can let your mind wander. Um, you really can. And what what the guided relaxation does is it's a it's an imagery. So uh, during the the exercise, we ask questions. You know, what do you hear? Do you hear the birds? Do you hear the water? There's you come to a clearing. What do you see? So you can use your own imagination um, and fill in the pieces. I think that. Guided relaxation and guided imagery is much more effective when you do fill in your own spots. When someone is not saying there is um, a chickadee sitting on the branch chirping at you, that may not have relevance in your world. You know, mm-hmm. it may be, you know, it may be a sparrow. It may be something else that has significance that will break that you can bring that image to your, you know, up, and that will give it have it more effective for you. Is that answer the question yeah i think so i think so mm-hmm. um well again thank you so much for for being with us i really appreciate the time you spent and the knowledge you shared and again to everyone listening you know if you can you know help us share this episode with people that would be great you can you know like this page if you've got a twitter go ahead and share it you can you know push it out to your linkedin and, and google groups as well because 
um, this is this is good information for people to have. So again, thank you so much for for being oh, with thank us. Thank you. Thanks, it's my pleasure. Uh, great to talk to you. You too, Sherry. Take care of yourself. Be well. Have okay. a wonderful Thanksgiving. Bye now. Thanks. Um, before I introduce our our next guest, I always kind of like to to do kind of a mid session um, break, and. Um, with that, kind of highlight some past things. If you did not hear our last radio show on the 19th, it was about building alliances. And we were so lucky to have Karen Love with us, who is launching a new National Dementia Action Alliance um, group, which is partnering with uh, Plantry and um, the Eden Alternative. And that's that's pretty exciting. We also talked quite a bit about memory cafes. We had a couple other facilitators around the country and then some people who attend the memory cafes um, and both those with dementia and their care partners um, talked about what they liked and, and how it was beneficial to them. And uh, our next radio show coming up, I think, I, you know, I'm going to kind of change it up a little bit, but I think I really want to do a show focusing on the holidays and how can you get them to go smoother. Um, I think that that's a really important thing. So I would encourage anybody who's got some thoughts regarding that to call into the show. I think I'm going to kind of go with an open forum somewhat um, but would really like to hear voices from all over the world on, you know, what's gone wrong and how have you made it better um, or how have you avoided issues because this is just such a precious time to create memories and we want to help people do that as well as possible. Our last Dementia Chats was back on October 22nd because I was ill with food poisoning on November 12th. But again, that... Um, that episode is getting a lot of review. Uh, our experts living with dementia talked about what it's like to be dementia-friendly, how, how companies can improve, um, improve their service uh, techniques to really help those who are diagnosed or those who are um, caring for them. And they gave some just wonderful, wonderful examples. Our next Dementia Chats is going to be this afternoon, uh, and that will be at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central. That is 1 p.m. Mountain and noon Pacific Time, and we would love for you to, to join us. I'll be doing a blog post on that shortly, or you can always go to Facebook uh, to Dementia Chats, too. It's always the same entry point, um, or to Alzheimer Speaks website to the About page and then to Dementia Chats to the login sector. Um, on the blog, I, we didn't have a, a ton of writing this time, but there was just one article I wanted to highlight, and that um, was written by uh, one of our interns, Michelle, and she entitled it, The Key is Communication. And it was kind of fun. I, I did a six-part speaking engagement for Keystone Communities um, here in Minnesota. And uh, she came and uh, where I was speaking and brought six people she worked with. And it was it was kind of funny because they kept saying, oh, she's just nuts over this. She just loves this whole Alzheimer's thing. She's so excited. She can't really talk about anything but. And um, she said, everyone after the the presentation was so excited too. She said they can't stop talking about 
either. And so it was fun to see that kind of energy, um, you know, go through the room. We had a really nice turnout, probably about 70 people, which was uh, which was a great uh, community showing, especially when we were in the midst of our, one of our first snowstorms here in, in Minnesota. So let's go ahead and introduce our, our next guest. And Sherry, uh, would you like to go ahead and introduce Gary? I would love to because I've known Gary for a number of years and you know, I personally call Gary our, our guru of boomer technology. Um, and, you know, it's he started um, a new website, and he's the founder and chief content officer for In the Boom Box, which is dedicated to technology for boomers. And he brings to this site all of the wealth of experience of all his years in technology. You know, he's got so many firsts, and he's a pioneer in so many ways, but you know, he, he's been covering technology since IBM introduced its first personal computer back in 1981, for those of us boomers who remember that era. And he's been <laughs> a correspondent and a, a contributor to NBC News and ABC and Zip Davis and CNN and Fox Business Network. And, you know, he's covered the Comdex Computer Show and the International Consumer Electronics Show and worked with Peter Jennings on World uh, News Tonight and, um, you know, do, done so many things. And he's he's also a contributor to AARP's website and their radio uh, program on technology for boomers and beyond. And so it's just, it's a thrill to have you here, Gary, to tell us about what's the latest, greatest that we can all look forward to and maybe even think about, you know, for the holiday gift-giving season. So welcome. Well, thank you, Sherry. Good morning. Uh, so... There's an awful lot that's going on, and one of the things that that we're looking at these days, especially with the rising costs of health care and caregiving, is whether these uh, developing technologies can help both ease our burden and also ease the financial burden on the health care system and our society as a whole. Um, and I started getting interested in this uh, as I was looking at some of the research that Intel, uh, the big chip company, was doing. And they actually started a center in Ireland called Trill for uh, Technology Research and Independent Living. And they started looking at, at things like uh, falls prevention. And as you know, falls are very, very costly both in monetary terms and in health terms. Um, an elderly person takes a fall, it can result in a hospitalization, and all too often um, it results in a deteriorating physical condition uh, that, that can lead to death. Uh, and so what these guys started looking at was whether or not there are low-cost ways of predicting whether somebody's going to fall. And yes, folks, there's an app for that. So what they did was they uh, they uh, developed they took a system that had already been done um, and proven out in laboratory environments uh, called timed up and go, in which a patient gets out of a chair, walks a few steps, turns around, comes back, sits down, and then does it all over again. And by measuring uh, a person's gait and the speed with which they do it, they have developed algorithms that can predict within roughly 
whether somebody is likely to take a fall. So what does that mean in terms of of real terms? Well, if you know that you or someone you're taking care of is likely to fall, there are some things that you can do. Um, and there are also, unfortunately, some things you can't do. So the simple things are like putting handholds next to a bed. It's like telling the, the patient, if you wake up in the middle of the night, instead of just getting right up out of bed, sit up for a, for a minute or two, get your bearings before you actually stand up. And so all of these little things, which cost almost nothing to implement, can result in some dramatic reductions in the likelihood of falling. Well, and you know, you bring up falling, and I know it's it's something we're all so worried about, both for ourselves as, as we get a little bit older, but also for our older parents and, and particularly those with dementia. And, you know, you mentioned that it can even result in death, Gary, and I know that the CDC reported that, you know, every 28 minutes a senior uh, falls at home that uh, results in death, and we know 2 million seniors are treated in emergency rooms. So it's a huge, huge issue and a, and a great worry, causing, you know, more stress for us caregivers out there. I mean, the biggest thing that that, that bothers me in terms of what I've looked at is that uh, staircases are just a disaster. Um, and, you know, my best advice is that when somebody reaches um, a certain age or a certain condition, they basically just give up on getting to that second floor or getting down to the basement because, um, you know, unless you have like a stair assist, you know, to get you up and down, uh, they are problematic and there's very little you can do other than, than even even if you hold the banister um, firmly and, and just remember that you should not be carrying packages uh, or carrying much of anything as you go up and down those stairs. Um, the stairs are uh, probably the worst obstacle in the home. Right. So, so let's say you know your your loved one has fallen. You know what are what are some of the tech gadgets out there? You know we talk a lot about these personal emergency response uh, systems. Tell us about those. Well, well, there are all sorts of things out there, and we'll start off by talking about what they call the PERS systems, which is um, that's the the acronym is the Personal Emergency Response System, and they come in a couple of varieties. Uh, the most common are the pendant or the watch that you wear around your neck. Some use your um, your local telephone system in your house. You push the pendant, and it activates a receiver within the house uh, and uh, and calls a response service or call or, or notifies your caregiver. The others rely on the cellular service, and so they're good anywhere where you can get cell service. Um, so if you go out of the house, um, you know, and, and something happens, you can just press the button. One of the things that happens that, that we've seen a lot is that folks who are still capable of driving uh, in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and so on will uh, get in the car, they'll leave the house, and they'll forget where they are or where they're going. 
And so one of the things you can do with these PERS systems is you can push a button and they will, some of them will allow you to reach an operator who will tell you where you are. They'll be able to geolocate you uh, based on, on the signal and actually give you directions to get back home. Or they can call for third-party assistance, whether or not that's the, you know, like an ambulance service or a policeman or, or notify your own loved ones to help you get back home. But the biggest issue with, with PERS, um, and especially when it comes to PERS and dementia and Alzheimer's patients, is how do you get them to remember to put it on? Mm-hmm. And that's really the biggest issue. Um, what they found with, with a lot of the studies is that people just stop wearing them. You know, again, with dementia, it's it's they forget to put them on. Uh, with other people, it's, it's we can't even be bothered. So there are now some devices out there that um, will monitor you, sort of whether you like it or not, or whether you remember it or not. Um, one is a, a GPS-equipped shoe from a company called Atrix, and they have various systems. It's about $300. And that will work with an app on your smartphone um, so that, you know, you know if somebody wanders off exactly where they are. Because what they found is that dementia patients tend to remember to leave their shoes on. Now, if they take their shoes off, you got a problem with that one. Um, another is a, uh, a wristwatch. Um, and uh, there are a couple of different configurations uh, some will uh, allow you to work with uh, essentially a handheld PDA or your smartphone and enable you to establish uh, a perimeter for your loved one so that if they walk outside of that perimeter, uh, you or, or you know, a caregiver or a loved one and so on is automatically alerted that the individual has gone outside of the perimeter that you'd set up and will show you on a map. Uh, on your device where they've gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, again, you know, for for those who still have uh, a relatively high level of cognition, the, the simpler uh, personal emergency res- response systems uh, are fine. I generally recommend the ones that, that are cellular-based um, simply because um, unless you're housebound, you're probably going to go out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to um, just interject if any of our listeners have ideas or have run across methods that have helped them um, if they're using any of these um, personal emergency response devices on, you know, how to wear them or carry them, we'd love to hear from you as well. <clears throat> so please feel free to call in live if you'd like at 714 714- Three six four four seven five seven. That's seven one four three six four four seven five seven. Or use your chat box as well, um, because we're always open to to learning new ways and new tricks. And it's about sharing ideas because it it is a difficult one. Um, I know I I've had some people who have really liked the. Uh, even the ones in the cell phones for those with younger onset who are used to carrying a phone and keeping it on them all the time. Um, that seems to be kind of um, 
you know, remembered, um, that that's something that they want close to them. But others have said, again, if it's a... If it's a purse for a woman, they know they have to, you know, put it in there and zip it up so it's not seen, um, but they know that their wife will always carry her purse. So just, you know, whatever tricks are out there, we'd, we'd love to be able to hear those from you. Um, now, some well, of these do rely on, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, some of these do rely on, on um, direct action by the caregiver. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the the, the wristwatch, uh, a company called Karuv does the the wristwatch coupled with a PDA. And it, it isn't cheap. It's, uh, you know, the whole system is about $1,400. Uh, but if the, the, the watch itself is rechargeable, uh, but the battery only lasts about three days. So it's really up to the caregiver to make sure that that watch is um, always charged up. One of the nice features about that is that it comes with a security device so the patient can't take it off without assistance. Um, you know, so generally a third party has to remove the watch. So if, if the patient wanders off, he can't just say, well, I don't want to be wearing this thing and throw it away. Right. Well, and I think that's, that's one of the, the drawbacks. I mean, certainly I think the PERS, um, devices and gadgets are great. And like you said, Gary, if you still, you might have early onset, you still got, you know, certain cognition and, you know, you want to walk, you know, to your church or synagogue and, you know, you still want to be able to do that, but you want to stay safe so that maybe you don't wander off or whatever. But it does require, as you said, the caregiver has to be vigilant and involved. And also, you know, I always worry about these things because what if, your loved one falls, like we were just talking about, and they either hit their head or they're so far away from, you know, their phone or, they, you know, their device or whatever, they can't get to it to press that button, and then what, right? Well, one of the things that, that is, is being built in, and I think we'll start seeing more of this within the next year or so, are the same uh, kinds of accelerometers that are in uh, motion trackers for, for fitness applications. And that can actually be set so that if somebody does take a fall, whether or not they're conscious, um, that's going to be triggered simply by the motion, the speed uh, of of that fall, the change in in the acceleration. Right. So that that is that is one technology that that can deal with that, uh, but it's not really prevalent yet. But it's getting there. I mean, even even uh, the new. Apple uh, iPhone 5S now has a separate processor for an accelerometer. Right. And tell us a little bit about what that accelerometer technology does. My understanding, someone explained it to me, and they said, well, when you turn your smartphone or your iPhone and the screen shifts, that's what the accelerometer is doing. Is that correct? Well, that's that's certainly one of the things that it does. But it, <laughs> the accelerometer... The accelerometer basically measures motion, and so once once you sort of say, "I want it to measure motion," then you've got a lot of ability to say, "Well, what kind of motion? You know, what kind of distance? You know, how much effort? Um, you know, do I want to sense, and and how do I translate that?" So it's it's not it's not really simple programming. I mean, there's a lot of uh, technology that goes into you know, just moving it from a chip to having a, a really useful application. 
So, you know, whether it's a twist of the wrist to turn the orientation of, of your smartphone from uh, horizontal to vertical or, or whether it's measuring somebody falling, those are obviously very different uh, algorithms, but they're all generated from this one kind of chip. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the other thing I wanted to do, we're talking, we've been talking about devices that that you basically wear or have to have on your person, but there's a whole other genre out there that's that's really taking hold, which are passive sensors that you don't wear but you put around your house, uh, and they tell your caregiver or or someone who's monitoring you sort of what you've been up to without you having to do anything or remember anything. And those can be very, very useful. Some of the, the systems are pretty expensive, but, but uh, some are now starting to be, come to market at fairly reasonable prices. So what, what they've discovered, and uh, there are a, no, a number of people who've, who've done this, this research, but what they've discovered is that we are all, to some extent, creatures of habit. So if you put a sensor in your bathroom or you put a sensor on your pillbox or you put a sensor on your refrigerator, by monitoring the way that you live and how often you get in and out of bed or how often you go to the bathroom or how often you you go to the refrigerator, you can determine what a normal pattern is. And if the sensor doesn't, sense you doing these things or senses you doing too much of them or not at all, then that can be programmed so that a monitor or an individual can be alerted to say, you know what, based on this patient's normal living, he's not doing what we expect him to do. And you probably want to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, Lori, um, and so these these passive systems, I think, are really exciting in terms of uh, not only Alzheimer's, but certainly people who are really getting up there in age and still want to be living a- a- alone. Right. And yep. I think from a safety standpoint, they're terrific. But, Lori, you know, you and I both have talked with caregivers, and it's, it's difficult sometimes to get your parent to agree to be monitored, right? I mean, that's the the challenge here. Yep. Well, and I'm not sure I'd want somebody knowing every time I go to the bathroom or every time I peek in the refrigerator (laughs) or whatever, too. Well, you know, my attitude these days is is that, you know, we don't have any privacy left, so let's just get over it. Um, (laughs) And I mean, I know... no, I, I know that's not necessarily a popular view, but the the reality is that, you know, you step out on the street and you've got security cameras, <laughs> you know, covering like, you know, 90% of Manhattan or like 100% of London. And they've got face recognition. And every time you go online, somebody knows you're doing it. So do I care if somebody knows when I'm going to the bathroom? Not particularly. Do I care if they know I'm going to the refrigerator? No. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think that, that part of this is going to change as uh, as we get more folks who are moving into their uh, senior years who've been raised with technology and who understand, you know, it's not going to bite them. Uh, it's there yeah. to help. 
Yeah, well, and that's that's true. We do have a couple of questions here. Harry is saying, you know, so many people are struggling um, just alone to be able to afford their medications, let alone any of these devices. Are, are any of them covered by insurance that you're aware of, Gary? Um, I don't know if any of them are covered by insurance. I do know that a lot of the uh, that a number of the major um, health management groups have started looking into them and making them part of their plan. Uh, so, for mm-hmm. example, um, uh, Humana did one of the, the, the first big studies uh, on using monitoring in home because what what they discovered is that by ongoing monitoring, they can actually save money. So they're willing to, uh, in some cases, install some of these systems. It, it, it really depends on who your health care provider is uh, and whether or not they think that this is uh, something important. And I think that when you start looking at the cost-benefit analysis, uh, as we move further down the lines of, of constrained resources, uh, I think people are going to conclude that, that this is going to be worth paying for as as part of the coverage. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in the future, but I know I've talked to a couple of different groups working on, you know, virtual doctor visits. So if you've got a loved one, I know that's difficult for caregivers to always take time off work or, you know, get a, their parent to a doctor's visit. So if you can have a virtual doctor's visit through some kind of a you know, a telemonitor type device and they can step on a scale and all of a sudden the information goes directly to the doctor's office. They know what your blood pressure is because you can do all that from your living room. Do you see that as the the future? Well, I think the, the obvious response is yes and no. When it comes to the monitoring of chronic care populations, people with congestive heart failure, people with diabetes, people with with known ailments that follow generally a specific course, then ongoing monitoring has proven to be incredibly effective. So, for example, with with a a population of congestive heart failure patients, uh, they'll put in a, uh, uh, like a tablet computer style uh, monitor and every day at, at a fixed time, your caregiver, um, in this case generally a nurse practitioner, will give you a call and look at you interactively on this tablet and say, well, you know, how are you doing? And then they'll take your vital signs. They'll look at your blood pressure you know, via a, a wireless blood pressure cuff. They'll look at, at your scale you know, what your weight on a wireless, wirelessly connected scale, um, and, you know, check your pulse through the blood pressure cuff, and go, okay, you know, everything seems to be stable. Or they'll start seeing, you know, a little bit of a, of a bleep, saying, well, you know, your weight's gone up, you know, two pounds in the last uh, two, three days, or your blood pressure is up. And that allows them to sort of step in and intervene really early in the process. Say, okay, I see something's going wrong. Let's try this tweak in your medication or let's try this tweak in your diet. And by doing that, they can dramatically reduce what goes wrong 
if 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 there's no intervention over like a three or four or five week period, and the next time you know something goes wrong, you're back in the hospital. They've been able to reduce readmission by double digit figures in some cases, like ninety percent, with this this kind of ongoing monitoring. So when you're looking at monitoring as a way of representing deviation from the norm and as an early indicator, then I think this is incredibly valuable. The same thing's true of diabetes, COPD, and a number of other chronic ailments. In terms of, gee, I don't feel well, you know, let me dial my doctor up on my tablet, eh, not quite as not quite as effective at least I don't think so. Right. Well going I think going back to our guest question, you know, a mutual friend Gary uh that we both have Eric Dishman who, you know, headed up Intel's foray into all of this. You know, he he said to me there's going to be two different paths. One path is going to be from, you know, the insurance companies or Medicare or whatever that will cover certain technology to, you know, help us manage, you know, our health. And then the other path is going to be those things that that we do as families because it will keep us safe or it will keep us maybe more fit or whatever. And so do you agree that there's there's going to be some stuff that will be covered and some that certainly won't? Well, I think Eric is spot on. Of course, Eric's always spot on. But, um, you know, the... Uh, one of the bizarre things that's happening in, in all of this, um, and I, I sort of, as I was researching this, this book I'm trying to get going on, uh, New Technologies for Aging in Place, uh, I started looking at, at who the players are in the system. And the bizarre thing to me is that the folks, other than family members, who obviously have a vested interest in, in you know, caregiving and taking care of, of their parents uh, and so on. But the other player who has a vested interest in our health, believe it or don't, is the insurance companies. Okay. Because they only make money if we're paying premiums, and they're saving money if we keep ourselves healthy. So the insurance companies have more of an incentive than anybody else in the equation other than, than the immediate families in keeping us alive and well and taken care of. So mm-hmm. it is in their interest. Isn't that bizarre? So I, can't, I still have a lot of trouble thinking of the insurance company as my friend. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, let's not even get started there. Uh, but, uh, you know, so so, so they, they, they do have this interest in in – implementing these technologies because they do reduce the, the transaction costs and they do reduce you know renewed hospitalizations and as as you know the difference between a, a, a two or three minute call with with a nurse practitioner once a day and one visit to to an emergency room or one hospitalization is going to be thousands of dollars so from that point of view, yes, Eric is is correct, you know, but not everybody is going to be handled by an insurance company that's going to look at it this way. So you get folks who are doing it on their own and you have monitoring services, one is called Be Close. Um you've got another that's sort of a, a family do it yourself system from uh, from Lively 
And LiveWire will let you go out and buy a, a handful of sensors, and they'll charge you only about, you know, the, so the, the, buying the, the package of, I think, six sensors is $149, and the monitoring costs are about $20 a month. And the, you put the sensors in, in the house, you know, whether it's in the bed or the bathroom or the refrigerator, wherever it makes sense, or on a door. Um, so, so that you can monitor usage, it takes a few weeks to really develop a pattern that's discernible. But after that, um, the system will alert you when, when something is amiss. And you know, twenty bucks a month after that initial investment of about one hundred and fifty, you know, that's not that bad. Uh, and and that information can be distributed to uh, to whomever in the, in the food chain you need it distributed to. How much so, did you, you pay know, a month? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? On what was the cost under, a month? It, the the cost is 19.95 a month for the monitoring okay. service. Okay, because I I know we, we're getting comments in the chat box where where um you know again especially people with dementia are just so overwhelmed because they you know they they've lost an income typically um, sometimes too and um, you know money money is tight and so there was comments that you know sometimes they'll they'll give a device for free but if people can't afford you know the monthly basis then it's all kind of a lewd point the the other note that i just wanted to um make from from a comment here was um steve had said um you know so much of these products are are self reliant um on the reliant on the care giver and he says how much more can we keep putting on them we really need to devise technology that that allows um the you know the device to work with somebody with dementia who probably isn't going to remember to push a button you know as the disease progresses but is still going to be able to pick up on on the need so i just wanted to make their um their comments heard um out there and so I know the people got, are working on those yeah there there are a number number of ways of of handling this there's a, an outfit that's called be close and they will do all the monitoring for you, um, but it's it's a lot more costly. I mean, they're going to charge you sixty nine dollars a month for for the monitoring to have a warm body out there uh, keeping track of what the sensors are saying, as opposed to the the you know um, nineteen dollars a month that Lively charges to sort of you know make you responsible for getting the information uh, and and letting the software uh determine the patterns and then then you have the institutional stuff that the joint venture by Intel and GE called Care Innovations is working on and that was a lot of the stuff that Eric Dishman uh helped initiate that that kind of uh the monitoring system so but here, I, you know I, I I have a quick question on the be close monitoring system is that kind of like an on star where they're monitoring your loved one, they may see something amiss or, you know, something going on, and then they can connect, connect, you know, the caregiver to the situation or emergency personnel. Is that how that works? Yes, yes, that is how it works. So it's, it's a far more active uh, involvement than, say, the lively, um, you know, go out, buy it, and, and install it yourself system. Uh, but again, you know, it's, it's the difference of uh, 
you know, forty, fifty dollars a month. So that's right. you know, and and let's face it, you get to be, you know, you get to living on on a fixed income, and you know, every one of those dollars makes a difference in your lifestyle. Uh, and and if you're a caregiver who who uh, himself or herself is uh, is getting up there in age. Uh, I mean, I, I have friends now who are in their mid sixties who are retired or semi retired, and who have parents who are in their eighties and nineties, and they don't have the kind of money that that they would like to be able to pay for the ongoing monitoring because they're living on the on the fixed income as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's that, and, it's and that situation is only going to get worse as the numbers keep growing. Right. And, you know, again, I've spent the first part of my career in technology. You've seen it throughout your career. The chicken and the egg with technology is the more people who adopt whatever the service or gadget or gizmo is, then the cost can come down. But, you know, it's kind of how does that happen in an era when, as you said, we're not youngsters with, you know, disposable income. We're, We're getting into our senior years where every dollar counts. Well, I mean, one of the one of the issues. I mean, <clears throat> one of the things that I, so I spend some time looking at, and, and not really happy with what I'm seeing, is the notion that, <clears throat> from a societal perspective, we really need some public policy intervention, uh, and we need our, our public policymakers to understand <clears throat> that they can be saving huge amounts of money by making the investments in technology today. But, uh, you know, I I spent some time talking to uh, a lot of the aging um, advocates in Ireland a few few weeks ago, and, you know, what what the the folks at the NGOs were saying to me is, listen, the problem is that when you get into the politics of this, you've got people who are elected for two years, four years, six years, and they're looking at a potential payout in 10, 15, or 20 years. And so there's no incentive for them to go out and expend political capital on trying to put this stuff in place, knowing that that they're going to have to take the costs in now without realizing a lot of the benefits later. Right. And my, my concern, having worked for one of the, if not the largest, you know, health insurer in the world – is that there's a hesitancy within that insurance industry <laughs> to invest dollars and be, you know, future forward and innovative. Um, they're they're always playing catch up. So I worry about even the insurance realizing the cost benefit of investing in the technology now for what we know is coming with more and more people who could use it. Well, what I'm seeing now is, uh, is, is some light uh, at the sort of in the middle of the tunnel uh, from <laughs> folks like uh, like Care Innovations who are now trying to develop pricing models um, to incentivize the their institutional buyers to um, basically add more patients with the existing caregiving base rather than, than charging them for each new patient um, so that the incentive is to reduce the cost per patient rather than increase um, the the cost 
of the service uh, to the institution. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think as as the the institutions start looking at some of these models, uh, we may see a little bit more enlightenment. But yeah, I mean it's 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 tough. I mean United Healthcare um, just dumped. Twenty percent of the doctors in its uh, Medicare Advantage plan in, in ten states, um, because the you know the doctors were charging too much money, so they basically lopped off the twenty percent, and most of them were specialists who were doing a lot of uh, specialized care. So I agree with you; they're not necessarily the most forward-looking folks in the world. Um, so you know, it's again, it's it's where. Uh, I think we need to get some more results from the public policy arena. Right now, it's just not happening. It's not happening for, for a variety of reasons, one of which is that our public policymakers simply do not understand the consequences of this tsunami of, uh, of, of aging people coming down the pike in the course of the next you know, 10, 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, Gary, before we run out of time, I know, you know, we've talked a lot about safety and and remote monitoring and the PERS devices, but we know there's other categories as well that caregivers think about. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about things that help us stay connected. So if grandparents live across the country from grandchildren, can't see them all the time, or, um, you know, so that category, and also maybe just our, you know, our own health and wellness. What's out there that can help both our aging parents and ourselves as caregivers? Tell us a little bit about those things. Well, let me concentrate on on your first question a little bit more because that's that's where I've got some some, some more familiarity. Um, the studies that I've seen, and, and you know, your 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 friend of mine, Eric, can can talk to this, does talk to this. Uh, a lot, and that is as near as we can tell. Um, social isolation amongst the elderly ha- is more deleterious than being a pack a day smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, the social isolation is worse for their well being um, than the impact of their medical condition. That's a pretty broad statement, and everything that I've seen pretty much backs that up. So what do you do about it? Well, the answer is, yeah, here's one place where the technology can help. Um, and even in places where there aren't technologies that that are in place, uh, what I did see in Ireland was some tremendous community outreach to try and get seniors out of their houses and into community centers for at least a couple of hours a week so that they could be face-to-face with folks. But when it comes to technology, tablet computers have been a really wonderful, wonderful invention. Um, and, you know, with with things like FaceTime and Skype. Um, and now you can hook, you know, HD web cameras to your television, uh, and you don't even need a computer. So you can Skype with your, your kids or your grandkids and see them wandering around the living room. And you can set up an environment where you could actually walk around as if you're having a conversation with somebody instead of being glued to a desk. Or you can take a, a, a tablet computer and go out to the, the recreation area or sit poolside and still be in touch with your friends and your family. Um, and, and I think this is going to change um, and ameliorate 
the fact that so many of us are so far from uh, from our family members. Um, you know, I had a, one of my kids was uh, did a semester abroad in in New Zealand, and we skyped all the time. It was the only way I was able to see the kid for six months, and it was it was a huge boom for us. Yeah, so I well, think that I think that is certainly one thing. The the other that was really interesting. I spent some time in a uh, a retirement home where they've got a program going. Uh, to introduce octogenarians and nonagenarians, many of whom have, have had no computer experience, to computers. And what they found was that by bringing in these, these sort of ambassadors to help them along and by starting them off in, in group sessions, they could overcome a lot of the fear and the trepidation that went with the introduction of new technology, especially if you see another, you know, you're in a group where there are 20, 30 people around you who are all in the same boat. You're no longer afraid of failing in front of somebody else because you're all there learning this stuff together. And we've seen terrific adaption, adoption rates uh, from these populations. They start using um, some basic email to communicate with the grandchildren. They start using some video conferencing. Even with dementia patients, they start using the Internet to relive memories, to go back and look at places where they grew up, to remember events earlier in their lifetimes, and that helps them stay focused. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I did my, my cable TV show uh, for RLTV, we focused on technology in a program that brought nursing students into assisted living homes to help the residents understand and learn technology like, you know, getting on the Internet or setting up a Facebook page and using Skype. And one of the gentlemen that we focused on, he was featured in our in our show, was Tony, and he was 85 years old at the time. And he just, he adopted it with gusto and became a real techie. So this myth that older people won't embrace technology is truly just a myth. And, you know, his caregiver, who was his daughter-in-law, said, I love the fact that Tony Skypes with me now because it's better than a phone call. When I would call him, I can't see his face. I don't know entirely how he's doing, but when I can see him on Skype, I can actually see how he looks, you know, and I can tell if he's doing well that day. So I think that's one of the areas that can really be beneficial for caregivers and doesn't cost a lot. You know, Skype is free, right, to download? Skype is free, so is FaceTime, um, and so is Google Chat. Yeah, all of them. So, uh, you know, they're, they're all out there. They're all relatively easy to use. Uh, with some of them, it, it's pretty easy to do conference calls, so you can get three, four, five members of the family all on together. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun in that, and uh, the the learning curve is is not that tough, uh, especially if you've got one guy in the family who, and I, I know many families do have like the, the their resident IT kid uh, who can help get <laughs> get you know the, the 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 parent or the grandparent set up with this the, for the first time around, and and walk them through it. Uh, and if there's a caregiver around, you teach the caregiver as well. But I think that this is going to to be tremendous uh, in terms of reducing social isolation. It also 
helps just in terms of allowing these folks to find out what services are out there that can help them, what devices that are out there. And you, you know, you learn how to go search on the internet, and there's a world out there that you never ever had access to 10, 20 years ago. Uh, and it's it's not that tough to to learn your way around. It's you know, you start baby steps. Yeah, mm-hmm. our audience is saying you know that um, the kind of technology they think that they really need to improve is the video chats, and I think because they you know again a lot of. Um, my uh, advocates with dementia are using, um, you know, either the Google Chats or they're using Skype or they're using Zoom. Um, but the more that that can improve, it's really allowing them to connect with people, not only just within their family and friends, but but new people around the world um, to really make some significant um, differences in, in change and um, opens up so, a whole new social let mode. Me, let me tell you about one. I'll tell you about one of the things, one of the simple things. <laughs> excuse me, that I've seen that's very exciting, and that is right now most of these interfaces still re- require you to use words or names. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the simple things that can be done, and, and there are some folks who are doing this, is building an overlay that you can put over a Skype that just has pictures. And you use a touchscreen computer or a touchscreen tablet. So instead of having to look up whoever's name or whoever's you know, Skype number, you just push push their picture and you're automatically connected. Mm-hmm. And that, cool. I, think, I think, having that... Um, increasingly will make life easier. And I've spoken to the Skype folks, and they sort of said, well, you know, we'd like to get around to that eventually, but in the meantime, we'll let third-party developers try and do some of that. Right. Well, and a couple things for our listeners to know. There is a device out there called the Telekin. That was what we featured in our TV show. Now, it, it the cheapest model costs about $500, I think, so it's not necessarily inexpensive, but it is a computer with a monitor, and as you said, Gary, it's a touch screen, and you just want a video chat, you push the button that says video chat, and you're instantly connected to the different lines that you've set up and different people to chat with. So, you know, that's a, that's an idea, possibly, for the holiday gift-giving. And the other thing I want to... Right, and the nice the nice thing about Telekin is you don't need an IT guy because it is it is a closed system. It's a lockdown system. The the end user cannot make any changes to the programming that's on it, so it's really safe for somebody who's who's pr- prone to say, "Oh, let's let's download this for free." Uh, uh-uh, right. You're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> right, exactly. The other thing I want listeners to know about, and Gary, maybe you know some of these too in your area, but in my area, a lot of the senior centers are partnering with both high school and college volunteers, and they're called computer buddies. And they come in to the senior center, or they'll even go to your house if you want them to, and they'll help get things set up for you and give you kind of some lessons on how to, you know, get on the Internet or use Facebook or whatever. So, We've seen a lot of that, and what I'm finding is in the places where that's that's been done, um, just a tremendous amount of energy, not just on the part of the seniors who are who are getting the help, 
but also on the part of the young people because the the young people are walking in and they're and they're talking to these folks and they're understanding history they're understanding context they're understanding lives lived and you know it's not just you know what you've gotten off the street it's it's how you can work with these people so that you as a younger person can draw from their lifetime of experience and the stories that they've had. Uh, and, and it's been a marvelous process. Yeah, definitely that intergenerational is always exceptional. Um, exceptional experiences. We've got a company up here in town that works with schools and um, high school students that go in and will kind of set up Skype conversations for family members. And, um, you know, they're kind of their IT person in the back of the room. They get them set up and they step back. And, um, you know, they bring in the equipment to them and um, let them have their conversation and leave. And it's it's been gaining some popularity here, um, especially in some of the assisted livings and things. Uh, I was at a, a senior center in, in Queens, New York, uh, some months back where they were having introductory classes uh, and this is primarily an Asian <clears throat> community, and the classrooms were packed. I mean, they they have lines of people waiting to get in to take these introductory classes, and these are folks in their 80s and 90s, and it's just a marvelous thing to watch. Yep, very, very good. Absolutely. Well, Gary, I know we're kind of winding down on our time with you. If you had kind of your top pick list, for holiday gift giving that comes in at a fairly, you know, reasonable, affordable price. What what would be your suggestions on things that are great for caregivers to think about? You know, frankly, I'd start off with a tablet computer. Um, it is such an incredibly useful device for everything from apps to um, to monitoring. Um, you know, you can have connect up scales, blood pressure cuffs. Uh, you can use it for video conferencing. Uh, so I think, you know, if I were going to start off with what's the one device that that seniors should learn how to use and the family should embrace, it's a tablet computer. And uh, everything else after that, it's. I'm, I'm sorry. What are the prices? Are we seeing any good Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals out there on tablets? Oh yeah, I mean you 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 can now get um, some decent tablets. There's there's one called Nextbook out there that's that's on out. It's an eight inch tablet or ten inch tablet for about a hundred hundred and twenty bucks, um, and, and they'll do an adequate job. And of course, you know the the Cadillac is still. Uh, the the iPad and that starts at five hundred and, and goes on up from there, um, but you know I, one of the things that that I will say is that Apple still has the best ecosystem in terms of the the number of available applications um, and the, the the connectivity. Uh, and I'm not I'm not that much of an Apple fan, but they really do this one right. And uh, it, 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 you know, it's it's uh, um, when it comes to the to our needs, um, whether it's caregivers or the seniors or the family, there's there's a a real wealth 
of, um, of plug-in technology for these devices, whether it's the software or the hardware, that can really make a difference. And the investment, um, you know, even if you've got to spend the, the 500 bucks, it's like, okay, you do it once, and most of the apps that you're going to need you can get for free. And, and as we said, the video conferencing is free as well. Right. Right, with FaceTime. So maybe if you've got multiple siblings, you can all pitch in a little bit and get mom or dad the the iPad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's where I would start. Everything else is, is you know, there's lots of stuff that's good. I mean, the, the lively you know, sensors are 149 bucks plus... 20 bucks a month you can get you know pers systems out there um there's there's lots of stuff that you can do but i don't think any of it is uh, as dramatically useful as what you can do with one good tablet computer right interesting um uh, Gary, for people who are interested in technology, you know, how do they even find what's available out there? Do you have some favorite little haunts you can share with us where that people can find out? Well, there's a uh, a, a website that basically sells products for seniors, which you know a lot of your your listeners may be aware of, called First Street. Uh, and they always have some interesting stuff. Uh, when it comes to uh, to caregiving per se, um, I'm afraid that as near as I can tell, the, the marketplace is pretty much fractured. And um, you know, I'm not seeing you know any any one spot that I would call a, a terrific hub for these uh, this range of technologies. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no Best Buy aisle for caregiving or aging technology yet. <laughs> well, I would uh, love there to. Will be. Um, mm-hmm. If, if um, Gary, when you're talking to people, and same with you, uh, Sherry, you know, the Alzheimer Speaks Resource um, website has, you know, a, a, you know, a free listing people can have, and we do have a technology section. So I would encourage people to, you know, go register. You have to register first, and then you can have access to that. Um, but you can put in as many things as you want. And the the only rule we have is to use the, the direct URL, not just a home page, because caregivers don't have time for the search and destroy. They want to get to the end product. And, uh, I understand that. Yep, yep. And uh, and that's something I think that still isn't understood by most. You know, is who is their audience and, and what are they really selling um, for that? Well, this has been a really interesting conversation, Gary. I, I very much appreciate your time with us today. Um, how do people so, get a hold and, of and you? If, 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 and I'll, I'll put in a, a, a brief plug if I can, which is you know sure. if, if you know your listeners are interested in. Um, some of the caregiving technology, especially the stuff that's targeted to boomers taking care of elderly parents, uh, I do invite them to visit our website, which is inboombox.tv. Wonderful. Yeah, we, Where we, we look at lots of to... technologies and, and we try and look at them through the uh, diminished eyesight of boomers. Great. Well, that is, that's fantastic. So in the boombox TV. Great. Well, everyone will In have the to... In the boombox, dot TV, right. Dot TV. Okay. Wonderful. 
Well, thank you so much for your time, Gary. Really appreciate you being part of the show and sharing your expertise. That's what Alzheimer's Speaks is all about, is just trying to connect people to one another uh, to try to make life easier. So we really, we really do appreciate your contribution today. My pleasure, Lori. Thank you, and thank you, Sherry. Yeah, yep. great to talk to you, Gary. Happy holidays. Yep, have a wonderful you. holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. Well, boy, we had a lot of great information that we got from people. This was uh, absolutely wonderful um, today. Um, Sherry, I wanted to ask you, do you have any, um, because it is, you know, the gift-giving season, um, you know, you had mentioned about maybe families chipping in, you know, to buy some of the higher-end things. And I'd also like to say, you know, maybe they want to, prepay um buying the the access or the service for those items too um would would be a wonderful way to be able to give a gift so if somebody's buying a monitoring system and somebody else is actually paying for the service for that um you know to try to help offset costs would be a a great way to go but do you have um other items that are just kind of your or companies that are just kind of your favorites that you'd like to mention that have um excellent products for um caregivers and those dealing with dementia Sure. Well, I, you know, I I think Gary is right. I think the tablet is such a great all-around um product if you're looking to get something for, you know, your your older parent because it can do so many things. You know, another option to think about, which can be a little bit less expensive possibly, are e-readers. Now, those can't do as much function um, as the iPad and other tablets, but certainly it's a great opportunity. Um, I know that um, we got one uh, for my dad, and, you know, he loves books and he loves reading. But as we all know, our eyesight gets a little, you know, a little worse as we age, and he's really, really embraced the e-reader we got him because you can adjust the font. It's easy to flip the pages. It's not a really heavy book now if he wants to read the 800-page biographies of, you know, um, Mark Twain or whatever. It's really easy to do. So that's another thing to think about. And those can run anywhere from, um, gosh, I think some of the nooks at Barnes & Noble are on sale for even $79 and, you know, all the way up to the Kindle, Paperwhite, and Fire are, are great options as well through Amazon. Um, another, you know, kind of quasi-gadget but really functional product I like a lot, and they've been around so long and they're very, you know, very credible and, and have a lot of different apps is, is the Jitterbug phone. And, you know, a lot of the listeners may have seen some of the TV ads that uh, John Walsh, who's now part of their board, is doing around safety, the five-star emergency response app, but they also have a nurse app available and fitness apps and it's the jitterbug is so elegant because it's got really large buttons easy to see easy to press on and off buttons so you know and not a lot of extra crap on that one it's just it's just a basic phone that doesn't have all the complications which i think is important it's pretty affordable you know for just i think it's 20, you know, anywhere from 15 to $20 a month, 
some of the apps like the nurse app I think is an extra six dollars or so a month but you know it's very affordable you're not locked into any kind of cellular contract um, you can get the phone at, at Target or Best Buy or Walmart. So it's a really – that's another option, and it's got some safety. As I said, it's got safety and, and health features built in. So I like those as well. And then there's something for caregivers that's really interesting. It's a little um, you know, device that you can clip onto your belt or your pants or, or whatever, and it's called the Fitbit. And it monitors a, a variety of different – health functions, but if you want to know, for instance, how many steps you're walking per day, we know we're supposed to be walking 10,000 steps a day, which sounds like way too much, but that's what we're supposed to be doing. You know, this Fitbit will monitor that for you along with a lot of other things you can plug into it. So it's a really interesting little product for ourselves to keep ourselves healthy and, and well during the holidays. So it's something to think about. Yeah, the the Fitbit's a, a a great great route, and that can actually monitor sleep patterns and stuff too, which mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people forget that can uh, cause a significant hassle with us in terms of memory and function. You know, if we're not getting enough enough sleep, so that's a a, a wonderful wonderful route there. Um, and you know, I want to give a plug for. Um, Lots of helping hands again. We, you know, we talked with them last week, but again, during the holidays, this would be a great time for people to go ahead and and get kind of their own family and friends circle set up um, to help them care for a loved one. It's uh, it's just an, an incredible um, organization and uh, a wonderful way to to be able to organize yourself and um, yeah you know, to help others. I'm so there. glad. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you mentioned them because when we are talking about technology, we, we can't forget some of these great, you know, online communities and, and that ease the the way of getting help for the caregiver. And I do love lots of helping hands as well. They're wonderful. And, you know, it's free. So we were talking about costs earlier. Well, there's something that's free, which is the best mm-hmm. price possible. And uh, you can also sign up in your community to do something nice for a caregiver you may not even know, but somebody who, you know, needs some help and you just want to help out this holiday season. You want to do, you know, have that volunteer spirit and want to do something. Uh, Lots of Helping Hands really facilitates that for different communities as well as for, you know, personalized um, private communities for families. So they are a great, great source. Yeah. Um, a couple other things I wanted to mention were just a puzzle with me that has just a great puzzles um, that are, you know, a little bit thicker, a little bigger in size, um, not as many puzzle pieces, which makes it easier for people to be able to to work with. Um, Mindstart is a company that has all kinds of um, different activities as well for um, people with dementia. Um, the Jiminy Wicket program, which is the croquet game, um, those can be uh, that would be a great gift for not only an organization such as an assisted living or a memory cafe or a church, um, but in the schools they actually do some intergenerational work uh, with um, the schools and um, assisted livings and, and memory care. Um, the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention. 
foundation was mentioned and you know they they just have um this great meditation and they've got some wonderful things on food and diet that are available to people and um and then music's always close to my heart so coral health has some great um great ideas for gifts and some great apps um music first is their their app for um alzheimer's disease but they also have it for for other scenarios as well and then a couple of my um favorite books that i just wanted to mention was max wallach's book why did grandma put her underwear in the refrigerator um it's just a, an amazing story of a child um telling her story about her her grandma and um and then um richard taylor's book from the uh, alzheimer's from the inside out is also a wonderful wonderful resource if if any of our listeners have anything that they'd like to mention um please go ahead and put that in there's the tenactus program as well which can be uploaded to an iPhone which is a GPS system but it also is picture oriented and it also has um kind of an emergency contact on each frame no matter where you are on the phone which is really cool um to help people stay connected in terms of an emergency so you know things i i mean they're kind of endless out there um and it's very very exciting um all of the options and uh and possibilities you know for people well so, and i love what Ruth yeah for for the listeners who may have missed the first half, half hour i learned something today which was the customized memory game that Ruth Curran will do for you at Cranium Crunches i think that's a great holiday gift idea and it's $2.99 what what better price can you find out there yeah, that was way cool to hear. I agree, way, way cool uh, to be able to hear that. So it was wonderful. Well, I, um, I'm i just very excited. I, I learned a lot on the show today, and I hope that our, our listeners did as well. Our next show will be um, next Tuesday. And, again, I think we're going to kind of go on the holiday topic of how do you make things um go smoother we're going to kind of be having that discussion today on dementia chat so if you want to join us at 3 p.m eastern time or 2 p.m central um, and noon pacific time please do so those are free of charge last year we had just such wonderful comments and feedback that was just life-changing for families what they had learned from those with dementia uh, teaching them how to uh, prepare for the holidays better um, how to do their gatherings uh, so they're going to be more effective and um, more comfortable basically for everybody so lots to learn from one another. Again, I thank everybody for, for being with us. And, and Sherry, it's just been such a pleasure having you as a co-host all month here with us. So um, do you want to tell people how they can reach you? Your book would um, also, A Cast of Caregivers, would be a wonderful um, opportunity for people to purchase a, a great book with great stories about uh how to survive this caregiving thing that we're going through. Um, and uh, they can get that at your website. So do you want to give them some contact information about you again? Sure. And I just want to thank you, Lori, for uh, you know allowing me to guest host with you all this month. It's been such a pleasure. And, 
you know, you have such a dedicated, wonderful audience, so it's been great talk to some of these guests and learn more and be able to share a lot of this good information. Um, my book is called A Cast of Caregivers, Celebrity Stories to Help You Prepare to Care. And, you know, I really talk about the book that there's it's almost three books in one because you get seven different celebrities um, such as Joan London, Holly Robinson Pete, um, Alana Stewart, who cared for Farrah Fawcett, all telling their caregiving journeys. And I think it really helps us see that we're all in this caregiving, um, you know, role together. Uh, we're all going to be stepping into that spotlight at some point. The middle part of the book is the what to expect when you're caregiving guide, and I even have an entire chapter dedicated to technology. So you can read up on some of the latest, greatest, and resources and, and a host of other things, senior driving, senior nutrition, senior housing, all kinds of things to think about. And then the last part of the book is where I really, where my heart is, which is how to take care of yourself while you're caring for a loved one, that balance that we know is such a challenge for so many caregivers. And I talk about my Me Time Monday plan. So you can buy the book on Amazon. It, it comes in both... Um, what we call a paperback cover, um, and it's a big book, so don't get too, um, you know, um, scared that it's got a lot of pages in it because each chapter is only about eight pages. So you can really just pick up the book, read the chapter that applies or is interesting to you, and then have it as a resource for later. Um, and, and it also comes in, in an e-format. So that runs about um, $7, I think, in the e-format. And the paperback, I think, is around $24 on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble um, online as well as Barnes & Noble stores and booksellers as well. But you can find all the information on my website, which is caregivingclub.com. And there you'll see tabs for the book and other things that I do and a lot of the articles that I've written for these holidays, you know, things to think about for caregivers. And I just, again, Lori, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed, you know, doing this with you. Well, it's it's been my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. And um, I'm sure we'll do it again another time here. So um, in the meantime, have a wonderful holiday to everyone who is listening. And, again, if you are looking for an Alzheimer's Association anywhere in the world, you know, go and just click on uh, or Google Alzheimer's Disease International. They would be more than glad to point you in the right direction. Um, plus, they have just wonderful, wonderful, resources there and don't forget about the Lewy Body Association the Frontal Temporal Lobe Association um, the Aphasia, National Aphasia um, group as well these these are, are wonderful wonderful resources that are out and available um, to you and again um, just have a, an amazing amazing um, week coming up here and I, I can't believe the holidays are just here. I don't know how it got. I don't know how we got this far in the season. <laughs> you know, and we're going to be rolling into a new year here pretty soon. It just, uh, it just kind of amazes me. So, um, thank you everyone for listening, and we look forward to our conversation next week. We'll see you then. Bye now. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>